0: Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It! at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing episode 14 of the Ty Beale drama series, Until We Meet Again. This episode is going to be a little tricky to talk about because Anna tries not to bring up too much that couldn't be discussed with the kiddies, so we're going to leave a little bit um, to the imagination in this episode. But basically, it opens up with Farm totally freaking out for about a week about Pidine showing up at his house for more than a sleepover. He's not studying his schoolwork like he needs to. He's showing up late for class. He's dropping stuff in cooking class. It's just another disaster. His friends can't figure out what's wrong with him. They say, Farm, are you okay? Do you need something? Um, His friends, who's the girl and also team are trying to help him and figure out what to do they offer to take him um the the day before friday which would be thursday they offer to take him out to dinner at a new restaurant with them to kind of just calm things down but then um team looks up and says no we're not going to be able to take farm to dinner because pedean is there and he wants to be with farm not go to dinner with farm's friends so they have a bit of an awkward conversation where Mew, I think her name is, I'm terrible about this, but anyway, the girl who's Farm's friend, who's absolutely hilarious, who's played by Samantha, um, says, you know, Farmer's been acting really strange, Pidine. I'm not sure why, he seems to be overthinking something, um, Is everything okay? And Pideen looks at him and says, Farm, are you okay? Is something wrong? And Farm's like, I don't want to talk about anything here with my two friends. Thank you very much, Pideen. And so anyway, the two friends leave. Pideen and Farm go and get groceries because Pideen would like to have something cooked by Farm. And they go back to Farm's apartment. Farm then cooks up some wonderful dish. It looks absolutely amazing. It's pineapple with ham and rice and yeah. The foodies among us are going, can we please just step into the screen, grab a plate, and then step back out and watch the movie? But anyway, can't do that. I have to wait till we go to Thailand. Uh, Okay, moving on. So anyway, they're having dinner, and it's during this point that Farm says, you know, you didn't let me pay for anything, PD. And PD says, Well, we went grocery shopping and over half the stuff that we got, Farm, was for me to take back to the swim team for me and Wynn and everybody there. And the other half, you know, you're cooking for me and also I'm living here most of the time anyway using your water and electric and you're an economist so I must help out and be reasonable here because you deal with math all the time. And Farm's like, you know, P.D., you're being really weird in a stickler right now. And it's also during the time when they're at the grocery store that Farm mentions he would like to get a bigger fridge so he can cook more elaborate dishes when Pedine's over. And Pidine says, you know what, we'll get a bigger fridge when we move into the house. And Pideen's and farm says, um, what house, Pedine, are you talking about? We don't have a house. And our impeding says, no, the house that we will move into after we graduate that we will live in together because I would prefer not to live in a condo. I would prefer to live in a house that's bigger and you can get a nice big fridge for your kitchen there. And farm is kind of doing the Uber alert moment where he's like, you know, I've been freaking out this entire week about the one thing. And now I'm freaking out this entire night because now Pedean is asking basically we're going to move in together and we haven't talked this out. We haven't discussed this. We haven't, you know, ruminated over this for months, days, weeks and years, which, you know, can be a big thing for people like farm. And so farm is sitting there and he goes, you know, I I can pay for them since so he says, you know, we're going to have our own place. And, and it's at this point that Pedean says, you know what? Um, we're going to move to our own house after we graduate from college. And Farm kind of loses it here. And he says, it's kind of like you're asking me to marry you in a weird way. I know you aren't, but that's what it feels like to me. And Pedean says, well, I'm asking you now, Farm. Your mom lives in New York. We can go over and meet your mom. We can get married after graduation. I'm asking you now what do you think and farm doesn't really reply you know his answer is undoubtedly yes at this point but he's like you know we haven't graduated yet pd we are still dating and beatings like you know what we went to temple together you introduced me to your parents your mom and your brother i introduced you to my family we're going to get married um farm And I like how PDN is looking at him because, you know, we don't have to talk about this anymore tonight. We will reevaluate when we get closer to graduation. But if nothing's changed, of course, this is how things are going to progress. And it's at this point that they kind of just sit there and eat their food together. Then we go into the rest of the evening, which Anna isn't going to cover in this podcast because I like to keep the podcast kid friendly. I will say it is kind of funny in really awkward ways for poor farm who's trying to deal with stuff. And it really isn't anything that you have to massively skip with the kitties. I mean, you might not want to explain certain items that are in grocery bags, but the rest of it you could probably watch with the kitties. We then go directly from that to a flashback to corn and In Touch where InTouch had a headache and a fever, it looks like, and he was working out doing some, like, woodworking with his class. And his best friend, who is played by Perth Tanapon, who is a great actor. I'm just saying that kid's marvelous and whatever he does. I don't know how he pulls out. And I'm not saying it because I, I mean, it has nothing to do with looks. It has everything to do with talent and the way they're able to be believable in their acting in honest opinion. So anyway, Perth is great at that. Also, he's a musician, which is kind of interesting. He has a band called Tempt, which he's in with a lot of other actors. Um, title, Plan, um, one other, which I cannot think of at the moment. He was in the By Chance 1 and 2, who played um, Techno. I cannot remember his name now at this moment. I do apologize. And they he also does solo works as well, but that's a major digression here. But anyway... Perth Tanapan's character, who's the best friend of In Touch, says, where's In Touch? Where's In? What's what's going on? Why is he out here doing the woodworking with us? And then another friend says, well, In Touch wasn't feeling well, so he went inside the building for a break and to take some medicine and some water. So Perth's character goes and checks on In Touch and sees that corn has beat him to it to get him medicine and water because Perth was... Purse character was going to bring it to him, and instead of going and talking with Korn and In Touch there, Perth watches the two of them, because Korn's making sure that In Touch gets his medicine, takes and drinks some water, and then kind of just pats him on the head, and they just sit there together, and I like how Purse character looks at him and goes, you know, I hope you're always this happy, and that's kind of how he leaves it, and we really don't know what happens, I do not think, to that character in the story. I really would like to know, like, we know what happens to Korn's brother, to In his niece, to In his sister. But I don't think we get any closure on Perth Tanapon's character, which is kind of sad in my opinion. I'm hoping we do by the end of this series. But I really liked his character and how he just really cares about people in quiet ways it's it's much like his character of pete in Love by chance i mean no offense and i have not watched the first series in total i've watched a lot of that series and i have watched all of love by chance too which if you haven't seen definitely go check it out but anyway totally fabulous just saying but this episode then goes from that flashback where they're at the school and In Touch is not feeling well, Corn's so there with him, to we go back to P. Dean and Farm waking up the next morning. And Farm basically just being a total goofball saying, you know, your hands is big in my face, P. Dean. ha ha ha. And then P. Dean's like, well, do you want me to go get you some breakfast? And so then P. Dean goes out and they must have like these breakfast kiosks in Thailand where you go and buy porridge in little plastic bags. And Pideen went and bought like two bags of everything that was on the breakfast shelf. I don't know why the morning after on romantical moments, people tend to go buy way too much food or cook scrambled eggs. I think in the Western world culture, when you're watching a movie, it's always scrambled eggs. And Anna can't figure out why scrambled eggs. I mean, they're not that tasty in the of together. I mean, nothing wrong with a good scrambled egg, don't get me wrong, but you know, I'm going, well, it's something that people can easily cook and feel pretty gratified that, hey, I cooked a scrambled egg, but I don't see them as the food of romance. And you know, we're getting ready for Valentine's Day here, but if you want to listen to it, I'm going to drop a link in the description to Bob and I's What Your Food Says About You podcast that we did, which Bob was bloody hilarious in last year, I'm just saying. But anyway, This scene ends with um, Pidine going and getting groceries at the little kiosk, bringing it back up to farm. And then they kind of have a moment where they're sitting there eating breakfast. And also it looks like someone who was a neighbor decided to leave a bunch of things, which again, Anna's not going to digress into, um, in a bag for farm and Pidine. And Pidine our farm is kind of freaking out that someone in the building left that bag. And I'm going, well, it's an apartment complex. People can hear things. Yeah. Okay, moving on. But anyway, that's all I'm just going to say there. But then has this flashback where he's sitting at the breakfast table with Farm, and then he completely loses it because he sees in touch throughout their time together. And he realizes that that was lost. And he just has a major meltdown in the middle of everything. And you're going, you know, this is not the good time for the meltdown. I mean, he's sitting there going, ah. Yeah. And Farm gets up and goes to Pidine and says, It's okay, Pidine. I'm right here. You're not basically in the past. It's okay. You're here in the present. And it's at this point that F- Pidine says, You know, no matter what happens, Farm, I don't want you leaving. You have to stay by me. I don't want you running away or being frightened or, you know, freaking out. And Farm says, You know, I'm not going to run away, Pidine. I mean, I belong to you. That's you know, this is our relationship. I'm not leaving you. Also, I think it's kind of emblematic of the fact that Farm is constantly wearing Pedine's dog tags because they belong together. And Pedine has Farm's apartment key. So there you go. But anyway, it's at the end of this episode where Pedine and Farm are having this moment where they're just trying to deal with the past and the present. And I think that's one of the things that I like the best about this entire series is the balance of the past and the present. How do you handle your past life? How do you handle your present life? How do you balance those inconsistencies that you couldn't avoid? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things going on in this episode, and there's a lot of things going on in this story that, you know are difficult to try to maneuver and operate through. It's also in this episode that we have some other flashbacks regarding Korn and his dad, where his dad basically threatened him that if he did not give up in touch, he was going to send his basically burly goons after in touch. And I'm not sure if his dad was like some kind of mafia Drunk Lord, dude. I mean, I don't know the right term for it. But anyway, think bad guy. And so Korn was going up to his room trying to deal with that. And it's at that point that he is met by his brother, who is played by Tidal, who is also in Firth Tanipal's band. You can check it out. But anyway, there we go. But as he's talking to his brother, his brother comes in and sits beside him. And I really like Tidal as an actor. I've seen him in Love by Chance, Love by Chance 2, now this show. Um, He does a really good job in his acting as well. I like that kind of, he plays the kind of person that what you see is kind of what you get. I mean, they're not going to be changing too much. And I really appreciate that kind of character. That I mean, you just, you know where you stand with them and you know what they're going to do. They're predictable and there's nothing wrong with predictability, you know. But anyway, so Tidal's character, who is Korn's brother, comes into Korn's room and says, Korn... I know you, I heard what you were talking about with dad, and I know that you like In Touch. And he says, um, In Touch and I are just friends. And his brother says, No, I've seen you and in, in Touch together walking on the street, and you don't smile at friends the way you smile at in. So you're a couple, and that's okay. And he said, I just want you to know that I support you, and I want you to be happy in whatever you do, whether our parents agree with it or not. And I know that dad wants you to take over basically the family mobster business. But if you need me to, I'm willing to take that business over so that you can have a life and live it the way that you want to live it. And Corn looks at his brother and he says, no, you're not taking over the family mobster business either because you want to be a policeman. That is your dream in life. And you can't do that and be in our family business. So he says, basically, I want us both to live our lives well and live our lives strong. And in order to do that, we're going to have to probably live very differently than our parents want us to, but that's okay. And I really like how they have this moment together as brothers where they're just setting their understanding one another well. Also, there is a moment in the past in the series where Corn is the one who actually gave Farm his name because he said that to one of his brothers. I think it was probably the younger brother who ended up being Farm's bro- Farm's dad, who you don't really see very much in the series. Corn had at least three brothers. He had the brother who was played by title and then he had a younger brother. And Corn came in and said, you know, you need strength to get through this life. And that is a good name. Farm is a good name because it means strength. And that is the name that Farm ended up with because of Korn's words. And really, I think in many ways, that is what Farm is. I mean, a lot of people would look at his character and go, well, he kind of loses it sometimes and he has trouble dealing with stuff. But I'm going, well, if anyone had to walk through what Farm had to walk through, I think most people would have a little trouble handling that duality of life. And realizing that duality of life and also knowing that, you know, things didn't work out all too well the first time around. And so now you have to repeat it until it's redeemed. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. And I think that one thing that is about Farm's character is he possesses a hidden strength of character that he's there and he's steady. He knows that, yeah, things are hard, but he gets through them. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't necessarily have PTSD moments because his character does have PTSD moments. But are they moments that are understandable and somewhat warranted given the past history? I'd say undoubtedly, yeah. He has a lot that he has gone through. And given what he's gone through, I think he shows a tremendous strength. In many ways, it's the same with Pedin; They both show tremendous strength. Um, Pedin, I think, in many ways, his breakdowns are more more troubling because he would rely less on people to help him get better than farm who would be willing to reach out more when he needed assistance than Pedine. i think that's one reason they're good as a couple because they balance that out. When Farm's having a bad day, Pedin's always there. And if Pedeen's having a bad day and doesn't want to admit to having a bad day, Farm's still there to say, basically, I know you're having a bad day. It's okay. And I think that's one of the things that really balances their relationship. Again, I really have to give a shout out to this being one of the most healthy relationships I have seen ever in any production. And I'm not just talking about BL drama because really that's not it at all. I'm talking about drama as a couple in general. I haven't really seen this kind of balance where most relationships, you know, are give or take. There's usually one character that gives more, one character that takes more. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm simply saying this one. It seems more equalized and the characters are more about care than pretty much any series I've seen. I also have to say I really liked um, Love by Chance, Love by Chance 2, because I thought that they really juxtaposed the different juxtaposed word juxtaposed the different levels of care that couples have for one another very well. Like we have the characters of Tin and Can and their relationship, which is weird and strange and wild and crazy. But still, in the end, they do care about each other. And it is very funny to watch. And then you have P and A, who their primary function of their relationship is just care. I mean, when I could boil it down to one word for that couple, it's like care with Big uppercase letters and exclamation marks. I mean, totally, kind of like Farm and P. Dean in many, many ways, except I personally like Farm and P. Dean's characters better, not because I don't like P and A, don't get me wrong, but because they have way more to try to deal with and dynamics to filter through than Pete and A did. Um, I mean, it's different levels. They had two lives that they were trying to deal with, the duality of that, the juxtaposition of that. It adds contrast in many layers that are different and I think deeper and more complex than the Love by Chance and Love by Chance 2 did. But still, that level of care is something that you really don't see in most productions. I mean, no offense, with your average rom-com, you usually have people who just are like, well, that person looks good or that person looks nice and I think I'll go date them for a while if it works out great, if it doesn't... And, you know, that's not the case with Until We Meet Again. It's like, well, this is the person who I've been waiting to meet for 10 years. Ah, they're here. Okay. This is how we're going to live our life. Da, 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 da. And that's, I think, why I find it so interesting. And also, it's a very grounded production. I mean, this is one of those that I will probably rewatch many, many times over my entire life. And I will definitely have my kids watch because I'm going, you know, it shows healthy relationships, both in friendships, both in romantic interests. It shows, you know, how do people deal with dating? How do they deal with commitment issues? How do they deal with meeting the families? How do those families connect? How do they go over obstacles? And I find that very interesting on a production level. I mean, this is one of those that i'm like even if you don't like bls definitely check it out because it is not like a normal bl i mean most and we are back after that weird moment where i hit the run button and stopped recording but anyway most of the BLs that anna likes i don't really watch because they're bls i watch them because i like the characters i like that the stories are about good quality traits um good character traits it really has nothing to do with them being a BL or not. I mean, no offense. It's just that's not why I watch them. But I'm just not seeing the kind of characterizations, the kind of storylines in other dramas. And that's why I tend to gravitate toward certain BL series. Of course, there's some that I'm sitting there going, um, that's not my thing. But it's not because they're a BL or not a BL. It's just not my thing. So anyway, but I would definitely give this episode a... 10 out of 10, although I will say if you don't want to have to explain certain subject matter to children under the age of, you know, 14, I probably wouldn't watch the beginning of this episode with the kiddies. Now, I think it would provide excellent topic that, you know, if you want to discuss with your teenagers, I think that would be a good thing. I mean, you know, better they hear it at home than somewhere else. But anyway, You know, just use your own judgments on that, make your own decisions. And again, it was a very mild situation, in my opinion. I mean, if you're an adult, I mean, I'm going, well, I didn't have to skip through anything in this whole episode. I mean, I haven't had to skip through anything in this entire series. Except I did skip the suicide scene at the beginning of the series because I just don't like seeing people shoot themselves. I mean, you know, I've got my limits and one of them is, you know, that I just, yeah, not my thing. So anyway, but again, this is a perfectly fine series for any age group to watch. I just would probably skip that section of it simply because you probably don't want to have to explain that to the kitties. So there we go. And with that, Anna out. Check it at the round table. Bye. Hi, all. I wanted to add a little addendum because I forgot something at the very end of this episode that's kind of crucial. And so I wanted to make sure we covered it. At the end of this episode, Farm is going to meet his cousin, his uncle, and his grandfather. Farm is very uncomfortable about this whole deal. And you know, it's kind of like in um, fighting, not fighting Mr. Second, in... Number one for you, when the one character feels really anxious about Gao Shidi leaving and Zhao Shui sitting there going, I don't want him to leave. I don't know why I'm worried about, you know, a few months. Well, in the same way, Farm is very concerned about going to meet his uncle, his cousin and his grandfather. He's like totally stressed out about this for reasons that really don't make a lot of sense. I mean, it's kind of uber- stress radar. However, it's kind of like in number one for you, when Zhao Shui doesn't feel comfortable about Gao Shidi leaving, I think that sometimes in life you get an inkling that something isn't okay. And being able to sit there and go, you know, I don't know why I have that inkling, but I do. And, you know, I remember speaking to someone once and they said, you know, I once went to this job interview and everything looked absolutely perfect about it i mean it was perfect salary perfect position everything was absolutely awesome but i had a bad feeling about it and i still went ahead and did it and that was like one of the most terrible decisions i made in my career but i think that's kind of emblematic of sometimes we get an inkling that sometimes things aren't the best for us sometimes the situation isn't good but we go ahead because we rationalize that it makes sense to do it. There's no reason it should be a problem. We we are human, we are capable, we are, you know, whatever. And we go ahead and go gung ho for it. And then we sit there and realize that there were things that we didn't know about it, that really did give us reasons through the inner feeling of this isn't right, this isn't okay. And in the same way, I think that's what Farm is trying to deal with. Um, he goes and waits at like a hotel, a restaurant, area within a booth with Pedean, who's waiting for the cousin to pick Farm up, and Pedean's sitting there and going, Farm, if you're uncomfortable, you have my number. If something happens, if you need to get out of the situation, number one, um, Pedean offered to go with him, but Farm didn't want to do that because he's like, well, I want to meet my grandfather, uncle, and cousin by myself first, and then he's And P. like, well, you call me. If you have an emergency, you need to leave. Just call me. I will come and get you. It's at this point that they've been waiting about 15 minutes for the cousin. And Farm's like, well, is my cousin coming? Is he not coming? This is kind of weird. And... Pedin says, "You know, if your cousin is an hour late, I will just will go and we will let them know. You know, you couldn't make it because your cousin didn't show up." It's at that point that Sin, um, who is Pedin's best friend's boyfriend, walks in, and he is also farm's neighbor. <laughs> and Sin goes. I'm coming. I was just waiting because I saw you guys were talking, and I didn't want to interrupt you. And Farm's a little disturbed because he's like, "This is my neighbor. This who? Why is he here?" And Sin says, "P. Sin says, I'm your cousin. You just didn't know it. And you know, I just recently found out I was your cousin, and you were my cousin too. And and it's at this point that P. Dean leaves Farm and says, "You know, Sin, please, P. Sin, please take care of Farm for me." I think it's kind of interesting here because you have the dynamic of pideen's best friend who runs a restaurant who is in relationship with pisin and you have pideen who's in relationship farm and their cousins unbeknownst to one another it's at this point that pisin sits down with farm and they kind of have a talk here where farm is very uncomfortable he's totally freaked out because he's like is my cousin going to be telling everyone in my family things that you know i don't want them to know etc and it's here that peace says well i knew that you were my cousin from about the time that you came and put basically that note on my door that said please be quiet because i had all those kids at my place and he said you know my father had two condos one for me one for my brother but my brother moved to the city to study college and i bought the condo from my dad so we had that extra condo and so that's where you live and it's at this point that farm says so you're the one who my mom said she had a mouse who was able to tell her that you know me and P. Dean were staying together at that point they were just staying together and P Sin says yeah i was the mouse because your mom would send me cool shoes from the u.s <laughs> and it's at this point that they kind of just digress into talking about that talking about their relationships i'm not going to go into detail here because i do try to keep this kid friendly and there are a couple things regarding Farm and Pideen's relationship regarding that romantic moment they had that Pisin knew about because he was the one who sent the bag of things that yeah anyway so I'm just saying I'm not going to go there but they basically have a moment where they're just talking to one another and it's at this point that Farm basically sits there and says what kind of person is my uncle your dad and Pisin says well he's a strict he was a strict workaholic, but now he's not working so much. And then he sits there and he looks at Pidine and he goes, He's a very reasonable person, Pidine. It's okay. And I love how, you know, we live in a world where everyone is hastening, everyone is, you know, running to do stuff. I've never really been that good at doing that. I mean, no offense. That's one of the reasons Ferdinand is my favorite of my favorite childhood books. But anyway, you know, I figure if you don't have time to stop and smell the flowers, what's the use of the bullfight? I don't know. So anyway, but at the end of the day, I loved how the cousin came and just sit down and talked with Farm for a little while before they got up and went to go meet his uncle and his grandfather. Um, in the U.S. where I grew up, people would just come and go, oh, you're here. Let's get in the car. Let's go. There would be no time for just taking a moment to acknowledge one another, setting down for, you know, five minutes or so to talk about things and to just be people, to discuss, you know, who we're going to meet, what we're going to do before you went and did anything. And I really appreciate this moment at the end of this episode where they took a moment to just be together, um, Sin and farm, to talk about things. All sorts at this point that Pisin's like, is pidin treating you all right farm is he treating you well because that's one of the things that i'm supposed to be checking on is are you being treated well by pidin and Farm's like yeah i'm being treated well and pisin's like okay as long as he's treating you well i don't have anything to report to your mom or my uncle and they basically have that moment where they're talking and at the same point in time pidin goes to go visit his best friend who is pisin's boyfriend and i think they've been boyfriends for Quite a while. I, I don't know, as we don't really get a lot of details regarding them at all. We just get kind of a few brief moments where they're talking. And you know, P. Dean and his friend have been friends since childhood and are very good friends. And Pidine is asking his friend what Pisen's last name is. And it's at that point that his friend says, Well, his name is such and such. And I'm not going to repeat it because it's a very long Thai name and on is not very good at pronouncing. And so I'm like, I'm not going to repeat it, but I'm just going, it's the name that was corn's last name. And it's at that point that Pidin kind of, I think realizes that this visit that farm has been totally freaked out about, he has a really good internal reason to be freaked out about. So there's something that's going to happen. It's not probably going to be good and it's going to be stressful. And so Dean's kind of gone into like a bit of a, I don't know what you call it, like an, oh my goodness, this is not good kind of thing. And he's totally freaking out about that. And this is where that episode ends. And then you do get a preview for the next episode in this episode where you see that Farm has found a box that had pictures of him and Corn, and also the gun that killed them both. And you see farm walking on the street with that gun in the rain like when they died that night 20 years before in the 80s and so that's kind of what we're looking at probably having happen is a repeat of the past that we have to have redeemed and salvage what you know they didn't get salvaged in their past life and I think this is a very interesting concept and with that on it out check it at the round table bye